You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with George Widener. George, thanks so much for being with me today. Yeah, it's uh, good to talk with you. Uh, well, then we're talking about your show at Andrew Evan Gallery, Tip of the Iceberg. And I know the works in this show are, are from a range in, in your career as, as an artist. And, of course, um, Andrew Edlin specializes in, in what is known sometimes as outsider artists, self-taught artists. You are, um, as you said, you know, a bit of a, a crossover in, in a few ways. So, so let's begin with the, the self-portrait, which was done in, in 2020 that will also be exhibited. This is um, kind of an amazing, an amazing painting. It's, it's mixed media on paper. It's really large and has a tremendous amount of information, but it seems to me it also speaks to um, your your history, right? Your growth as an artist? Uh, yes. Um, I decided that I wanted to uh, put some of that in a, in a picture. Um, it's true. Uh, back in the 80s, um, I was um, in a particular circumstance, and I was... Uh, making lists of dates for myself because it calmed me down. Um, and uh, I was doing it for myself for years. And at some point, uh, it got mixed up with drawing. I had drawn all my life uh, for myself. And um, I was doing these things for myself. And um, I was in Europe uh, at different times, um, uh, on the streets and stuff, uh, or working odd jobs and just getting by and stuff. I had, uh, at age 18, I uh, went into the military service uh, in the U.S., and I had been uh, sort of on the front lines um, over in Europe and NATO of the Cold War exchange between East and West Germany. And and so I was very young and everything, and it, it um, I had some experiences and stuff. And so when I got out of the military, I just wanted to, to, to do my thing and stuff, and, and, uh, and I was doing the drawings, and so that's where it comes from. It, um, I wanted to touch on that a little bit uh, as I've gotten into galleries and, and this sort of thing. Yeah. And so in, that, in the self-portrait, there's, there is not only listings of dates, but there's also um, a lot of imagery. Much of it, it sounds like you're, you're speaking to. There's you know, images of Estonia, Latvia, Belgium, and, and also... Yeah references to um, what looks like the, the pandemic. Is, is that correct? Uh, yes, yes. Um, um, my unit, when I was in the service, we actually uh, spied some on the uh, Eastern uh, Soviet bloc, and we passed along some of that information to the, uh, the Poles during the Solidarity uh, Movement. And after the wall fell, uh, in 89, I wanted to go over to Eastern Europe and sort of explore a little bit. So I went over. I lived in Estonia. And I lived in Latvia in the Czech Republic with very little money and stuff. And I had a great time. And I was drawing and stuff. And um, so I put some of that, the places that I've been into the, the, um, the, the piece and stuff, that piece, yeah. And the dates are, are, are a listing of dates from, you know, between, you know, the early 60s of your life, but it goes all the way up to 
the future, 2042? Uh, yes, I uh, had a bit of a fascination, you know, working with dates. Uh, it sort of puts you into a different uh, time mode, perhaps. You know, I go way back in the, the future. And dates, for me, are not a mathematical calculation or something. It's more of a, a meditation. It's something that gives me uh, sort of a calm and, and such. And and uh, I was much more obsessed about it at one time, but uh, uh, it gives me a calm. And um, but but going you know back to the distant past or to the distant future, it, it you know it made me think about uh, mortality, of course. And um, so I sort of wanted to predict you know when I was going to die and stuff. And uh, so I put that in that piece as well. I, did a number of different pieces with different dates, so I probably nailed it in one of them. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> well, right, you hedged your bets there. I mean, you've given multiple yeah. dates for the the yeah. end of your life, essentially. Yes. 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 I mean, Let's talk about another one in there, Magic Square. Um, you've done, you've worked with Magic Squares before, but this one is Revolutions, and it not only has. Uh, squares, paths, numbers, but what looks like an enormous amount of writing in there, too. Is, is that correct? Mm -hmm. um, yes. I'm, um, I kind of, you know, I had this game I used to play that I would, um, I would see uh, numbers such as on houses or a, a car license plate, and I would uh, transform them into a date. And this sort of became a habit in the late 80s and 90s and uh, one day I happened to cross, uh, uh, go across a, a magic square which is a, a grid of numbers and adds up to an identical sum in all directions and um, so I, I turned that into dates at each cell which I called a magic time square and this idea of um, you know uh, uh, two different things sort of um, creating a hybrid or intersection of different uh, 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 different pathways uh, sort of gets me very interested in such. Uh, is, um, on hand. And the writing, and but the writing that you're doing in there is is, is about that or what is um, it? Well, I, I figure the magic squares are often like a programmable sort of engine. And, and you see dates, you can apply them to events that occurred. So, I will often put in historical events or, or writing of suggestive uh, events that uh, a future there's a there's an element of, uh, of 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 code cracking a little bit in my work too or hidden messages or something like that um, that uh, I'm I'm plugged in you know this idea of uh, AI and, and all that and uh, I love the idea that a, a futuristic AI could uh, scan over some of my works and, and have a sort of an interactive uh, entertainment or puzzle piece out of them. Yeah. And is that because there are things in code here which was um, which you think could be um, kind of read by a, a computer or someone who's yes. punching a lot of information, but it's not meant to be kind of read at first glance by let's say, of a, a viewer of the work in the show. Yes, I, I think that it hopefully 
you know, a person will see the mystery of it or the, the you know, that there's, there's some hidden elements there and stuff or hidden patterns and such and that um, it can be uh, interacted with in that way. Uh, but, yes, there's also the element that a, a future uh, uh, AI could, could uh, find entertainment in them. Well, the AI would would decode. I don't know if the AI would would find the entertainment, but the AI would decode, and then a human would read it and find uh, an enormous amount of information there. That, that's what you're saying, right? AI would be the um, go-between that would essentially kind of essentially kind of read the work. Uh, well, you know, like dates because they they have a connection to events, but like you could take a a certain date and you could connect it with, you know, multiple events. Well, my idea was that, a, a, you know, an AI far in the future is they, I mean, they're already developing a powerful AI, but, you know, at some point in the future, if they, if we become the, you know, the AI or there's some, some hybrid human machine uh, entity, you know, that uh, uh, can do this, uh, encoding decoding and that they they might be able to you know treat it as a puzzle piece and such uh, because it's far beyond now anybody's capacity to to go through it quickly and to you know make connections with the dates and shuffle them around and, and stuff and different patterns and stuff but I find that fascinating myself and it's uh, it was you know, my, my art began as, uh, I didn't consider it art. You know, I was doing this stuff. I was an engineering student uh, in my past, and uh, I was successful at it. Uh, but it's just that I um, began to have um, some visions or hallucinations, and partly from my from trauma that I experienced in the, in the military and such, and uh, um, and then I sort of retreated to uh, dates, which I had done as a child, uh, as a way to uh, sort of cope and such, which I guess a lot of artists do that. So in, in the military, part of what you were doing in the military was involved with with numbers and, um, and, and intelligence, uh, so to speak. Yeah, I, I, was exposed, I was exposed to... Um, uh, some of the uh, I was in uh, uh, secret intelligence work in West Germany from 1981 and 1983. Um, I missed uh, Putin by about a year and a half. He was in the East German KGB <laughs> around that time. Uh, but anyways, um, so I was exposed to some of that. It was the old world, the old Cold War uh, intelligence gathering and such and uh, at the time it was um, very top secret and everything so I was very young and stuff you know and uh, uh, recently I have been a volunteer in Ukraine because of different reasons because of my past and, and current events and such. well well world is world disasters is another um, painting I want to talk about uh, another uh, that one is marker graphite pen on on, on pigment on paper, um, and it was done this year and lists a whole series of disasters from nineteen um, you know thirty nine actually earlier 
1929 up to 1980. And in this one, you know, to me seems somewhat uh, straightforward, or I feel like I'm understanding most of it, maybe not the, the calendars within it and, and, and some of the numbers. Um, but at the top it says nature is in charge, not us. And I'd like to talk a little bit about this one because this feels like we're, um, we're looking at a big picture of, of what it means to, to survive. Right. I mean, yeah, I, I feel strong about the fragil- fragility of of life. Um, <laughs> in my life, I've I've learned that uh, lesson. Um, and uh, my I have my friends, uh, for example, my friends uh, are are I have several friends that are uh, combat veterans also uh, much more than me, and um, I have learned uh, just that, that life, we have no guarantees, and that, um, you know, uh, so that's been a very strong issue for me, and, 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 you know, I was also fascinated with the Titanic for that reason, I suppose, because, uh, you know, no one expected uh, that the Titanic would occur, um, if it had not occurred, we probably wouldn't know of the Titanic today. But uh, it did happen, and so it was a very big thing. And uh, you know, so I, I talk about that in my work um, of this because it's uh, it's been uh, very real uh, for me um, in my life and such. So let's let's talk about the Titanic images because that's that's also the the title of the show is a reference to that, right? Tip of the iceberg references the Titanic and mm-hmm. also, you know, your vast body of work. Uh, there's, there's, of course, you know, more than one piece in the show, but I'd, I'd like to talk about those. Uh, Blue Monday is one that came out to me. These, um, these all feel like they're such different takes on the Titanic. And, and talking about what you just said, you know, this idea of, of fragility of human nature, um, you know, the, the, the Titanic was was also almost the opposite of that, right? This was, this was the unsinkable ship. This was the ship that, that wasn't fragile, uh, correct? Yeah. Uh, people believe that uh, they are unsinkable, but, you know, as, uh, as, as accidents or, or war can, can show us that it's absolutely not, Often in uh, war, it's not the person that's highly trained uh, who is the strongest or the toughest who survives. It's uh, just a matter of, uh, of, of, of circumstances or, or luck. You, know, you never know. So Blue Monday, what is, what is that referencing? And, and this, is, this has a kind of a beautiful blue haze to it and uh, uh, kind of over all of it. And, uh, what it references for me is... It's back in the 90s, I began, you know, writing out thousands and thousands of dates in my notebook, and I started to uh, quantify them in, in, in unusual ways that meant something for me, an unusual pattern or, a, a, you know, a sort of a gathering of this information that it meant something to me. But um, And I became aware of some of the phrases, you know, you, you know, that you see in the newspapers and such of uh, Black Friday or Bloody Sunday or, or you know, uh, Blue Monday. And, and uh, so, I, you know, um, 
I, I quantified these dates, and I did a series of experiments in a, in a very personal way um, using these phrases and such of, of this gathering of the dates, and that's what came out. It was, I was relating it to, to ships, which I'm sort of fascinated with, and specifically the Titanic. It, it came out in that way. Of, of, of this this journey, ships to me are sort of a representation, I suppose, of travel, of journey, and and to 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 go on into a exploring, you know, and um, that's what I was doing in that piece is trying to capture some of that of this the journey or the you know a journey that may have uh, danger or mystery about it. And let's talk more about the, the Titanic, because it, it, it's such an endlessly fascinating thing. Part of your relationship to the Titanic is also the name of uh, George Dutton Widener, right, who, who perished on the Titanic. Is that correct? Um, my father had a very distant relationship with some Wideners from Philadelphia. I do not know for sure if I'm related to the famous Wideners of Philadelphia, who drowned on the Titanic, but or that I that my name was on the uh, passenger list, and it uh, it shocked me, and it was also fascinating to me to to learn that. There's a, there's another um, drawing, painting, work of art about the Titanic called the Titanic Hundred Years, 1912 to 2012, and this is this is a really large piece and also filled with numbers and, and a whole variety of information as well as what looks like the inner workings of the of the Titanic. Can you tell me a little bit about this one? Because this is this one also feels like we're we're talking about the future as well as the past, right? The the people that did not survive and the dates that they would have lived if they had survived. And um, you know it it the uh, also, the Titanic, it goes on, the idea of it, because we do the same mistakes. So this is almost, you know, when you, we talk about we make the same mistakes, right? The Titanic is, is powerful because, you know, it is this kind of folly, right? We believe that it can't sink, that it's, you know, this, this extraordinary vessel, yet it did. So in in, in Talking about what didn't happen, the lives that that didn't live—that's um, a very kind of poignant and and really sort of poetic idea because this isn't about numbers or just the fragility of life. It's about the tragedy of lives not lived and what would have happened had they lived. Correct. Many different things, uh, especially when a young person. Uh, Dies, you know, it's uh, they they had their whole life in front of them. Of course, that happened on the Titanic. But uh, I think about that, uh, and now there's no more survivors of the Titanic. But I project forward. You know, I like to project forward and, and consider the, the the days it could have been. George, it's been great talking to you about this show. It's so exciting, and I, you know, there's links here, of course, so that everybody can visit and learn more. George, I want to thank you so much for your time today, and I want to wish you well on this show. Uh, congratulations on that, and, and thanks for talking with me. Thank you. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. <laughs>